0: good? I said, isn't he good? Praise the Lord. Praise We are thrilled. All those wonderful things you said about us. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, we are just blessed and honored and privileged to know you both and have you in our lives as well. And and uh, I, I couldn't begin to say all the things that you mean to us as well. But every time we come together, there's iron sharpening iron. There's wisdom flowing from the from the Holy Ghost. And encouragement for one another and and of course pastor Jean texts me every now and then when the holy ghost prompts her and she's so kind and just encourages me all the time and i'm just so blessed and honored to have people like you in our lives we're we're grateful so when we got the call to come again this year for new year's we went Woo-hoo! praise the lord uh couldn't think of a better place to be tonight and tomorrow night than anywhere in the world than right here at life of faith bible church with all of you praise the lord and uh so isn't he good to us glory to god i just want to remind you we do have a table in the back with our minister materials we of course like to call it our impartation table so we've got some cds if you still have cds Oh, my goodness. Uh, we've got music CDs available for you there. And then we have two USB flash drives make it real easy for you. One has all of our teaching and one has all of our music on it. And so it's just super easy to do everything that way these days. If you've got a USB port in your car, it goes right in there and just be, just starts playing. Praise the Lord. And you can, of course, uh, go through the different files of teaching or the music and uh, it'd be a blessing to you that way. Praise the Lord. Or you can download what you want, put it on another device. Uh, untold things that you can do with it if you don't know how to do it ask your grandkids and they will help you And uh, but anyway we brought them to be a blessing to you praise the Lord amen hallelujah let me switch over to this other mic praise God everybody say I'm in the right place at the right time oh do you believe it tonight Glory to God, Heavenly Father. We're so grateful. We're so thankful for all that you've already done. But oh, our eyes are on you. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. And Father God, I don't know how close we are to the finish. But I know you're the author and the finisher. And I thank you, Lord, that right in the middle of it all, we are with you and in you and you are in us. And so there is just not a better place to be than in you, hidden in Christ in these days that we're in. And so, Father, we thank you tonight. And we thank you for these two meetings that we have together. We thank you for utterance, for unction, for accuracy and clarity in the Word and in the Spirit. We thank you, Father God, for healing bodies tonight. We thank you, Father God, for bringing clarity to minds and peace to souls. In Jesus' name, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We're honored, Master, to be in your presence, to be called and equipped by you. So we thank you tonight. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for utterance and unction. In Jesus' name amen praise the lord we're also blessed to have some pastor friends of ours here pastor jeff and dina hackert praise god if you just stand up say a little wave there praise the lord um they're from not too far away over in brandenburg kentucky and so uh they've come we've known them for many years as well they used to pastor in michigan is where we first met them and so uh, they've come and brought some elders to their church as well. We're, we're blessed to have you all here tonight. Praise the Lord. And uh, God is doing some amazing things. Glory to God. Uh, let me, uh, let's go, if you would, to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I've got a couple of different things, different directions kind of rolling around in my heart. And I, I believe God's just going to kind of blend them together. And we'll just see how he's got things for us tonight. But I know how the Holy Spirit uses us. I'm confident in the way that he uses us. Praise the Lord. So we'll just see how he speaks to each one of us tonight. Amen. Are you expecting to hear a word from God in these services? Amen. Because only the Holy Spirit, like he's, like pastor said, you know, Ephesians 4th chapter said that God himself, Jesus himself gave these gifts unto men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to perfect us, to equip us. So it was Jesus himself who gave these, these uh, gifts into the body of Christ so that we would be perfected. So it has to be supernatural. Amen? He, he didn't just give, uh, you know, uh, degrees. <laughs> and then say, you know, if you have this degree, you can minister to this congregation. And if you have that degree, you can minister to this congregation or this denomination. Or you know. God doesn't work that way. He works supernaturally. And so, uh, as every ministry gift yields to the Spirit of God, then the Holy Spirit can take these things and bring them out to us so that they minister to each one of us where we are. That is amazing. I love going to a service, whether it's my home church or whether it's someplace I've never been before, but I come in and I leave saying that was for me. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And so we trust him. Amen? But here in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, I heard Brother Hagin say one time, if you ever find yourself stuck in a verse, preach your way out of it. (laughs) In other words, there's more in this verse or more in this portion of Scripture to be found. There's more revelation to be imparted. Amen? And so I have found myself, Kevin and I really have kind of found ourselves, uh, Stuck in this portion of Scripture probably for the whole year, and uh, we just keep seeing more and more in it. But First Corinthians, the second chapter, Paul said this, and I, brethren, for verse one: When I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It doesn't get much simpler than that, does it? I didn't come to you with anything except this. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Everybody say human wisdom. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith... Should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, if you just meditated on those, just those few verses right there. If you just let your heart meditate on those things and get them on the inside of you, it would solve every dilemma you're about to encounter. (laughs) That your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. Everybody say the power of God. Notice he didn't even just contrast, or he didn't even just, not just contrast, he didn't just say the wisdom of men and the wisdom of God. Later on in the chapter, he talks about the wisdom of God and uh, how awesome the wisdom of God is. And as a matter of fact, he said, he went on to say in this chapter, I couldn't even talk to you about the wisdom of God. You weren't even ready for the wisdom of God. And the reason he said you weren't ready, he said you're carnal. And the carnal man or the natural man can't receive the things of God. Can't. The natural man has no capacity for the things of God. And the time that we're in right now, we have got to increase our capacity for the things of God. Because the wisdom of men is screaming. It's never been louder than it is right now. It's never been more in your face than it is right now telling you, trust this, trust this, trust this, trust this. But the Bible clearly says right now that your faith or your trust would not be in the wisdom of men. But in the power In the power everybody say the power glory to God hallelujah go with me to uh, Philippians the third chapter and we'll get a little more insight into what Paul's talking about here Philippians the third chapter starting in the first verse finally my brethren rejoice in the Lord we need to hear that over and over again. How I many you know it's different times he said rejoice in the Lord and again I say rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice in the Lord. Why? We need to. Amen? Amen? Because our natural default is not to. And the more that this other stuff is in your face and the louder that it is, the more we've got to rejoice in the Lord. Amen. Praise God. For me to write these same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. (laughs) Might as well call them what they are sometimes. (laughs) Beware of evil works. I'm not being mean. I'm just reading the Bible. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are of the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. In the Spirit. And rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. Well, let's, let's find out why Paul said, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech or, or of uh, the wisdom of men, of human wisdom, but I came in demonstration of the spirit and of power. He says, I might have had confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee. He said, but I didn't come to you with any of that. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. So Paul did everything right according to the law. But he said, when I came to you, I came with nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. There is no reason for your trust or your faith to be in the wisdom of men, but it's in the power of God. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost. For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the Power of God, in the power of the cross, in the power of the resurrection. Amen. Righteousness which is from God by faith, in other words, not by our own doing, but directly from God, the gift of God which you receive by faith. That I may know Him and the power of The power, the power, the power, the power, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. See, we can read this whole chapter. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Thy press on to lay hold of what Jesus has already laid hold of for me. I thought tonight, as the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me about some things, that maybe we would just preach on the name of this church. Life of faith, Bible, church. God bless you, you're dismissed. (laughs) Life, life, life. Life. (laughs) Amen? Life of what? Life of faith. Life of hanging in there? Life of waiting until this is all over? Life of I'll sure be glad when when things change? Life of faith. That your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, and that that is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. When he said that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And uh, as we were saying that the wisdom of men, that that phrase, you know, has been just in our face so much, hasn't it? And, uh, you know, because everybody's like, well, you got to use wisdom. You got to use wisdom. Well, yeah, wisdom is good. You know, Solomon got wisdom, but he didn't get... Man's wisdom. He got God's wisdom. So when people say, well, you know, you got to use wisdom. Yeah, I understand. But which wisdom are you using? And where is your trust? Amen. Because what some people call wisdom isn't wisdom at all. So how do you reconcile some of these things that we're in right now? How do you reconcile this? Because there is good wisdom. There is some wisdom of men that's very good. Very good. Makes absolute sense. But how many of you know some of it <laughs> makes no sense <laughs> at all? Isn't that right? You've probably all encountered some of the crazy stuff, you know, that we've been going through. We were... Uh, recently in California, and uh, we were in San Francisco, and, and, uh, yeah, so you can laugh at California. Go ahead. <laughs> we were there, and, um, so we were in San Francisco, and there's, of course, all the restaurants, there, no indoor dining, and so everything's outdoor. It's about 50 degrees, and so you're sitting outside, and on a table, you know, at a table on a sidewalk. It's not like a pretty cafe or anything. It's just one of the tables outside, and uh, the food's getting cold, and you're cold, and, you know, it's just, it's just all kind of crazy. And then uh, as we were leaving, uh, we were to go to the air, uh, leaving the airport in San Francisco to come back home. Uh, we knew our flight was going to be long, so we wanted to get something to eat before, you know, we get on the flight. So, uh, of course, no indoor dining, and, of course, the airport's all indoors. So let's see what man's wisdom would say to that. So we go to this restaurant at the airport, gave ourselves plenty of time so we could go to a sit-down place, you know, not just McDonald's or something. And, and so we go, and the, there's a table right there at the entrance, and a, and a guy there going, I'm sorry, there's no indoor dining, but you can order takeout. <laughs> takeout where? <laughs> so there's a glass partition about, about Yatol, and he says, there is outside, here is inside. So we'll put it in a paper bag and you can eat it right here. Yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds perfectly logical. That'll keep away the virus. Indoor, outdoor, piece of glass. All right. We were in another place. We were telling pastors this yesterday. We were, we were up. Uh, checking into a hotel in California and and, uh, I was in the car at the you know in the little entryway there and Kevin went inside to check in and when you go in you have to go through a certain series of you know a certain door and all that And you're going through this thing and then you have to stand on a little pad so they take your temperature you know from about 10 feet away on some robotic thing so they take your temperature before you go into the desk and then you go in and you check in and then he came out to get something from the car and he came back in and he thought he'd just go around that thing and the lady goes oh sir 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 wait 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 we have to take your temperature and he said well you just did and she says no we have to do it again and he said i just went out to my car and came back in she says yeah every time you come in we have to take your temperature <laughs> So you know, trusting in the wisdom of men—if you put your trust in all of that—you're going to be confused at some point. And how many of you know Jesus also said this in John's Gospel, sixteenth chapter? He said, "He said, uh, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't handle them right now. But when the Spirit of Truth is come, when the Spirit of Truth is come, He." will guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of himself, but what he hears, he'll speak, and he will show you things to come. Do you realize the spirit of truth is in you? It's no wonder so many things are laughable. It's not that we're so smart. It's that the spirit of truth lives in us and bears witness with truth. And tells us when there's untruth. Because the devil is a deceiver. And to to deceive just means to cause you to think on things that are not true. So the spirit of truth will keep you even. if If you learn to listen to him. That's why this is life of faith. Bible Church. Because it's all about we're in this world but we're not of it. Paul said there in Philippians, he said, we are of the circumcision who worship God in spirit. And he was comparing himself to the religious people who only did things because of the law, right, and all those things. They thought that just, just doing that, it would get them in the right place. But God requires faith because everything he does is by relationship. It's all about relationship so that you keep checking in with him so that you keep in contact with him, so you keep in fellowship with him. The Holy Spirit bearing witness with you is because you keep checking in with him because you're in fellowship, because it's all about a relationship with him. It's not just about rules. It's not just about this. And the the world would like you to just conform, right? And and, And it's not government. Amen? Government's participating. But it's not government, because this is global. And just the fact that it's global lets you know that it's a spiritual thing more than anything else. Amen? It's been exploited by man. But those who have the spirit of truth on the inside, we can function, and you have already. Amen? I believe there's a lot of people in here with some amazing testimonies of how functioning in the Spirit has made you just glide through all of this. Amen? Have there been challenges? Sure there have. But have we been overcomers? Yes. Amen. So um, what do we do with this human wisdom? Some of it's good, some of it's crazy. I think about David when he was uh, a shepherd and uh, you know when he came to the armies of the Philistines and Goliath and his brothers were there they were warriors you know and David came to bring supplies to his brothers and uh, they find out that this you know this Goliath he's coming against all the armies of Israel and and, uh, David finds out that you know the king has has given this great thing and it's like whoever takes him down he's going to be blessed you know and so David keeps asking around, Now know what, say again, what happens to the guy who takes him down? And uh, they tell him, he goes, oh, isn't that interesting? Well, and they go find somebody else. Now, now, tell me again, what happens to the guy who takes Goliath out? And his brothers find out he's been asking. And they said, you arrogant little guy. Who do you think? You're supposed to be back with the sheep, Right? We're, the, we're the, the warriors here. Who do you think you are? And I want to think David's probably going, well, if you're a warrior, why haven't you taken him down? <laughs> Looks like you're doing a pretty good job out here. You know, here comes a shepherd going, I'll do it. Right? So Saul finds out and he says, all right, you, you're welcome to give it a shot. But why don't you put my armor on? put some armor on first because you're going against a huge warrior who's been a warrior from his youth and you, you need some armor. Well, that's wisdom. That's human, that's, that's wisdom. That is sound wisdom. That's not stupid. That's a great idea. And so David puts on the armor and realizes, you know what? not working for me. Why isn't it working for for him? Because when God's used him before, God did it God's way. He said, I took the bear and I took the lion. I didn't have any armor on. It was just me and God. And who is this uncircumcised Philistine coming against the armies of the living God? I'm going to do things God's way. Human wisdom sounded good. But there comes a time when you can't trust in it when you know what God has said. Amen. Amen. In First uh, Kings, the 18th chapter, you don't have to turn there, but I'll just remind you of what's happening in First Kings, the 18th chapter. It's when Elijah came uh, and to the children of Israel, and he says, how long are you going to falter between two opinions? If Baal is God, then serve him. But if God is God, then serve him. How many of you remember that event? And so they offered up sacrifices. He said, let's see, how about the God who answers by fire? will serve him. And they all said, well, that sounds pretty good. The God who answers by fire. Well, who can do that? But he said, how long are you going to falter between two opinions? And uh, basically the children of Israel what they had gotten to is they had mixed so much in with the world that you couldn't tell who was who anymore. They tried to embrace it all. Are you with me? They tried to say, yeah, this is good and this is good and we'll take this and we'll take this and we'll take this and then we got God over here and God over here. and They're compartmentalizing things like people do today. They've got church life, they've got work life, they've got school life, they've got home life, they've got, you know, and church life is a part of their life. And we're not saying that you have to be at church every day, but God life, not just church life. God life should be through the whole, every part of your life, life of faith. Amen. It's not a separate part. Like I can do my job, I can do my kids, and I can do school, and I can do all these other things on my own. And then I'll come to church. And then God will get me through all the stuff. But I don't think God just wants to get you through. I think he wants you to overcome. And the only way to do that is to do it by faith. That's what Jesus did, if you think about it. Look if you would with me to uh, Philippians, Philippians the Second chapter.. <clears throat> Verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this. Let this happen to you. Let this happen for you. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, Hebrews says that Jesus was a high priest. Is the high priest, was the high priest, right? That he was tempted in all points just like us, yet was without sin. So in his life, which we're about to look at, let this mind be in you that was in him. In his life, he experienced every possible human emotion. Every possible scenario. He was tempted in every point. We sometimes say in these times that we're in that they're unprecedented times. I I get where everybody's saying these are unprecedented times, but they're really not unprecedented because Jesus was tempted in all points. He's already been there. And he did it for us. Conquered it for us. Amen? So it's really not, it's unprecedented in our lifetime, in our time. We have not faced this, but the one who is in us has already conquered it. Amen. And so let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. That, that phrase has always been a little strange to, to comprehend. Didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. Basically, it breaks down to this. It just means that he was equal with God from the very beginning, but didn't consider it something that he had to hold on to in order to come here. It was something that he didn't have to hang on to. He let it go. To come as a man. He laid aside, one translation says, his mighty power and glory to come as a human. Think about this for a second. I mean, we just celebrated Christmas. That Jesus, God Himself, would allow Himself to come, not just in the form of man but even as a baby, absolutely dependent on a teenage mom, to allow him to be absolutely helpless as a human and dependent on other humans to take care of him. Talk about humbling. Why wouldn't God have just come as a grown man? But no, everything a human feels, he has felt. Everything. Childhood. Puberty. Everything. He didn't consider it something to hang on to, but he let it go. And Hebrews goes on to tell us in another chapter That he did it for something, for this reason, for the joy that was set before him. For the joy that was set before him. Why is that important? Here it says, let this mind be in you, that was also in him, that he didn't consider it something to hang on to his glory that he had with the Father. But he laid it down, and then Hebrews says, for the purpose of the joy that was set before him. So even everything he did wasn't to get back what he had. It was to get something new ahead. What was the new thing ahead? That we were all going to be raised up with him. Come on. Ephesians, and you, has he quickened, right? who were dead in trespasses and sin. When he was raised up, he raised us up together with him. That's the joy set before him. So think about this for a moment. That he had, when he laid aside all that power and glory, and we think of it so many times in terms of his earthly ministry and that he, he did everything he did as a man, of course, in healing and different things that he preached and he taught, anointed by the Holy Spirit, all of that's true. But think about this for a second, what he had to do by faith in the fact that he knew who he was. Even at 12 years old, he knew who he was, right? When he was there in Jerusalem, he stayed back and was talking to all the doctors of the law there, you know. And he said, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? He knew who he was. And yet he moved forward For the joy set before him, he had to trust God that the purpose he came for would be fulfilled. He had to trust God. He knew where he was headed. And yet, he didn't just go, boy, I'll sure be glad when all this is over. Or go through life going, man, I'm here to die. I'm just here to die. One of these days, I'm going to die. And my purpose for being here, will, well, it'll be, God. I'm just here to die. But how did he live his life? Knowing his destiny. Because he trusted God for the joy set before him. That everything that would be accomplished. And Paul said, I didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came just with this. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That life. Amen. Is enough for us to lay hold of. We can do it. If he did it, we can do it. I said, if he did it, we can do it. For the joy set before him. Amen. Amen. Didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man. And that word appearance uh, means comprising everything in a person which strikes the senses. So he felt everything. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Amen. Praise God. So Jesus, taking a little time to set this up. Laying aside all of that to be like us. Philippians says, let this mind be in you, which was also in him. When Paul said later on, when he said, if anybody could have had confidence, I did. And then he said, I press on to what's before me. Right? For that which Jesus has already laid hold of me. And in the next few verses, he says, I forget those things that are behind. And I press on to those things that are ahead. All of this, if we will let this mind be in us, that was in Jesus. That everything in God is forward Everything in God is forward. And so many times in our lives, we want to take things as we go. And, of course, uh, all of our experiences make us who we are. We're unique individuals. And we've got life experiences and those kinds of things. But, again, we're not trusting in human wisdom, but in the power of God. And so the power of God will cause you to overcome The bad stuff that's happened in the past. Amen. Not trying to fix what happened in the past. But Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. When we approach a new year, so many times people approach the new year trying to fix the things that were in the last year. Trying to fix mistakes, or and and the older I get, <laughs> I see more and more why Jesus said to those uh, around the woman who was caught in adultery, uh, "You that are without sin, cast the first stone." The older I get, the more that means. You you find life experiences and things that that people get tripped up by, and uh, you know you you see failures over the course of life and and even people who you know you 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 held to a certain standard and you found that they failed or maybe you were that person and you failed and you think oh i can't possibly move on from this i knew better i i i should have i should have i could have i would have and we move forward but with regret Paul said, I forget those things that are behind. Jesus did it. Right? He laid aside what he had with God. He didn't consider it something to hang on to, even though it was all good. And Paul said, according to the law, I was righteous, I was blameless, but I counted that as nothing even doing it all right, I don't, I don't, I count it rubbish. So why would any of us want to hang on to anything, any mistake, any failure, any, anything, and bring it along with us to try to go where we're going? You need look no further than in your own house sometimes to see the things that you hang on to. For what reason? Anybody got some, uh, well, we used to call it Tupperware. Anybody got mismatched Tupperware in your house? Case in point. You got the container and you got lids. They don't always match. But we hang on to them. Because what if one day I find the other part? <laughs> I mean, you never know. It might be in the dishwasher this time or in the garage or doing some, holding some other purpose. And one day I'm going to go, there it is. <laughs> and it will make me so happy that I held on to this one thing just in case I find its match. Ladies, anybody got any earrings that you just have one that you're supposed to have two? But just in case you find one in the bottom of your purse or in a drawer somewhere, that's where it is. I knew I had it somewhere. Hung on to this one earring. Guys, you do it too. Maybe you got some sort of assembly of something, you know, a kit that came with extra parts. And you put them in a little Ziploc bag or in a bin somewhere because it came with the package. And one day, the one in my closet might wear out and I'm going to have to find that little clip somewhere. So there's a drawer full of little clips and extra nuts and bolts and things that don't fit anything and I might need that. We have a garage full of tools just in case. (sighs) We do. We do. Not not things not things that are, you know, like old and worn out, but you know, the gadget kind of stuff that it's like for one thing. But if I need this, I've got it. I may never have to cut a pipe, but I've got a pipe cutter. But the stuff that's really not useful that we keep around, that's different. And sometimes we keep it because we think in some ways, but what if I need that sometime in the future? I'm going to need this. And so we hang on to things just in case we might need it, not realizing that the provider could provide what we need in the future, without hanging on to the junk of the past, but we do it with attitudes. We do it with like, well, you know, relationships with people, uh, something somebody did to us. It's like, let's mm-hmm. stick that one in my pocket because I might need that for ammunition later. If something else, I can go, hey. Don't forget what you did to me back here. Kept that. Kept that. Because I might need it to get you back. Junk. Junk we keep around in case we need it. You don't need it where you're going. I said, you don't need it where you're going. Amen. You don't need it where you're going. So there's no reason to hang on to those little extra things. So sometimes we try to go forward with regret. The only way to go forward is to let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are in front. Amen? But now reaching forward, for some folks, that's a, it's a real effort. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> to try to, to leave that stuff behind. But we're not talking about it with willpower. We're talking about the resurrection power of Jesus. When Paul said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, because nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified, the power is in the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. And the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead quickens us, quickens our mortal bodies. That light that is in Jesus is in you. We are not living this life according to the, even the wisdom of men, where religion is concerned. We're not doing this because uh, we just we know we're supposed to act right and supposed to do right, supposed to all that stuff. The reason we act right is because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us and has also given to us the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> amen so that we can he empowers us to do it all if you will let this mind be in you that was also in christ jesus don't try for a second to do this in your own strength not even for a moment don't try to forget your past in your own strength bury it (laughs) bury it with Jesus. Yes. Amen. And come up and enjoy your new life. Yes. Now, I know this is elementary for this church. And yet, the world is still screaming at us. And when it causes some of this wavering to happen, well, maybe I should put more weight on this. Maybe I should put more weight on maybe I should Where do I, how, again, how do I reconcile this? Would you go with me to Matthew chapter 6? Are you getting some help tonight? Praise the Lord. We're just setting you up, you know. It's a little set up. Matthew chapter 6. If you have a Bible like mine, it's basically all in red. These are the words of Jesus. And Jesus here is really, uh, in this whole chapter, he talks about different, different avenues of our lives. And in the whole chapter, the basic takeaway is this. Don't do things to be seen of men. Do things that God will see your heart. Again, everything in God is by relationship. It's not just about behavior. It's about the condition of your heart. Why do we do right? Because, because it is right. <laughs> amen. Not to get God's favor, not to get him to love you, but because he loves you and because he's in you, amen, it provokes us to do good works because the Holy Ghost is in us, because God's in us. Why wouldn't we do good things? Amen? We're not trying to do good to get favor. Amen? But we do right because it is right in him. And so Jesus said, for example, he said, don't be like the heathen when they pray. They think they'll be heard for their much speaking. They like to pray out on the, the street corners and, and let everybody know, I know God. <laughs> and they, he said, they'll have, they already have their reward. And then he said, when you fast, don't, don't look, you know, all sad and, and, and appear to men to be fasting. But wash your face, comb your hair, don't look like anything else is going on. Just go about your business and let God know what you're doing in secret. And God who sees in secret and is always watching in secret will reward you openly. So the whole chapter talks about the things we do to be seen of men and the things that we do to show God our heart. Because you can do things with either motive, really, at any time. We can all, anybody can put on a pretty good show in church. (gasps) Praise the Lord. And your heart is not in it. Matthew 15, Jesus said, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You may fool people, but God is never fooled. He's always looking at the heart. Amen? And so, uh, he says, but when you do it with your heart, I'll reward you openly. You never have to be concerned about the points. (laughs) God keeps really good record. Amen? Of your seed sown, of your heart. Amen? You You don't have to write down every offering when it's from your heart. You might write it down for your taxes, but, you know, God's looking at the heart. And he'll reward you way beyond a tax deduction. Anybody recipients of God's rewards in that? Yeah. Amen. So this whole chapter, he talks about the things you do to be seen of men and the things you do for God. And then he goes on to say this in verse 19. So he's just been talking about the things that you do to be seen of men that would be laying up for yourselves treasures on earth making sure men see you and what you do making sure you're getting yourself going in the world making a name for yourself or whatever that's laying up for yourself treasures on earth he said but don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth lay them up in heaven so the things that you do From your heart, you're putting your treasure in heaven. Treasure is what you value. Where do you keep your valuables, in other words, is what he's saying. Where do you want to keep them? Do you want to keep them on earth or do you want to keep them in heaven? Because he said if you keep them on earth, that's where thieves break in and steal. But if you keep them in heaven, then nothing can get at them. Where your heart is, is where your treasure is. So, if your heart is entrusting in this world's system, in other words, if you keep your heart and your valuables in the world and the way the world does things, that's when the enemy can break in and steal from you. Because you have put value on this realm. But if you continue to keep your value in the realm of faith, in the realm of the way God does things, amen, not to be seen of men, but to continue just doing right, every test is a heart test. And you keep putting your valuables then in heaven where nothing can steal from you. If your heart is in heaven in one place and on earth in another place, guess where the stealing gets in? Are you with me? So then he goes on to say, verse 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other, you cannot serve God and mammon. So he's been talking about where you put your treasure, and he's not just talking about money and those previous things. He's talking about attitude, right? Motive, that kind of thing. But then he goes to money. Now we're getting real. Now he's talking about money. Well, we all need it. We all have to have it. And he's actually very pleased that you have enough and more than enough. He's not against it. He just said, don't serve it. Don't serve it. So let's come full circle back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So he said, you can't serve two masters. You'll either hate one and love the other or so on. So what do you do with money if you're not to serve it? How do you have it and not serve it? Well, the, the word that comes to me is manage. You manage money. Don't serve it, manage it. So what do you do with human wisdom? Don't serve it, manage it. Manage it. It's not all awesome. (laughs) To live the life of faith, the more you learn to balance things like this, the better off we are. Amen? And when we talk balance, we're not talking a balance of faith and doubt. That there's never any balance. Amen? But faith always rules. Where you put your faith is the issue. Where you put your trust is the issue. Jeremiah says to, to, uh, that you're cursed if you put your trust in the flesh. Paul said, I put no confidence in the flesh i think we need to be reminded that though we have to manage these things our confidence is never in the flesh my trust is not in money do i need money sure but can i give you an example Uh, the bible tells us in mark's gospel the 11th chapter What things soever you desire when you pray, anybody finish that for me? Believe you receive them and you shall have them. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. That's what the Bible says. But many people, when they need a thing or believe for a thing, they believe for the money for the thing. Well, because that thing costs money. Well, if the thing costs money, now i got to believe for money. But he didn't say believe for money, he said believe for the thing. The subtlety here is we have begun to trust the money So instead of believing for the thing, we believe for the money. When God could get it to you without money. Very often can get it to you without money. But if your trust is in money, then you'll always think, I need the money for the thing. And what we have not realized is we have slipped into trusting in money. And then we end up serving money. Well, I gotta work more hours. I gotta do more job. I gotta do I gotta pick up some more shifts. I gotta do this. Why? Because of the money. And then if the economy goes and our trust has been in the money, now we gotta build back up into life of faith. (laughs) No confidence. Do we need money? Sure. Happy to have lots of it. But I don't trust it. With or without it, God will get us over. Amen? With or without anything. I don't know what's coming. I really don't. Unless the Lord reveals some things, I don't know. But I have absolute confidence and peace in my heart not knowing anything. But some people are just batty because they don't know what's coming. But he already told me he showed me things to come. What has he shown me? That he'll always take care of me. I don't have to know the circumstance to know he's going to take care of me anyway. Amen. He's already shown me we're going to the other side. He's already shown us we can count it all joy hallelujah yeah but how's it going to happen I don't know when Jesus said to his disciples let's get in a boat and go to the other side of the lake and the storm came up they're like Jesus you must not have known about this well I don't know if he did or if he didn't but he said we're going to the other side why didn't he tell them about the storm Because it doesn't matter. Because it has no bearing on what he said to begin with, which is we're going to the other side. I'm convinced personally that if he had told them about the storm, they would have gone, well, the storm's coming. (laughs) Is this it? Is this as bad as it's going to? Is it going to get worse? How bad is it going to get? And their eyes would have been totally on the storm. Anybody remember last December the 31st <laughs> and the things that were being proclaimed about 2020? It's gonna be the best year yet. Year of plenty. How come I didn't go, guys? <laughs> you are not gonna believe what's coming. <laughs> It is crazy what's about to happen. You're not even going to be able to sit next to your the, your friends or your neighbors. You're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to wear a mask <laughs> to even go in the grocery store. You have to put a thing over your face. You're like, wait, what? People are gonna be afraid to look at you. Have you noticed? I mean, it's like mask, no eye contact. No, I don't don't even look. You can't even like nod and smile at somebody because they can't tell. Why'd you look at me? What? 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 Get away from me! Imagine if Jesus had told us that last year. Get ready, guys. It's gonna be hard. But he didn't. What did he tell us? What he's going to do? What he's going to do? And for people of faith, did it work? Yes! Will it still work? Yes! (laughs) Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Leave that stuff behind, even if you didn't do it well this year. You can do it great this next year. Hallelujah! Let this get on the inside of you. Everything in God is forward. Amen. Everything in God is forward. Hallelujah. If you think, well, I don't know, still you're thinking, some, some folks still think, well, how could he use me at this point? Isn't it, is it too far gone? Is it past? Is it what? I mean, look at where I've been. Jesus went to his own hometown in Mark's Gospel, the sixth chapter. And he so wanted to bless his hometown. He was already famous. He gets to his own hometown. The Bible says they were offended at him. And they said, isn't this the son of Mary? And aren't his brothers and his sisters here with us? Who does he think he is? Interesting that he said, they said the son of Mary Everywhere else, you know, when you hear lineage, you hear the the dad's name. When they said son of Mary, they weren't being kind. Basically, they're going, "Mm -hmm, We don't really know who his dad is. I mean, we've heard what they say, but he's the son of Mary. And all they could see was his physical past. That he's the son of Mary. We know what she says, but, you know, we don't know. Who does he think he is now coming here with all this godly wisdom when he's the son of Mary? And so he had to deal with everything you have ever dealt with. But he did it for you. Just as much as he took your sin, just as much as he took your sickness, he took every emotional toil, every temptation, every soulish thought, and conquered it for you. Let that get in you. 2021 can, can definitely be even better than 2020. Where could God take a people who trust him completely? We have examples all throughout the Bible of God's miraculous delivering power in the midst of extraordinary obstacles. And every time God has been faithful. If he has to show up with a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud, I'm all for it. But he'll be faithful for those who put their trust in him. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Do you trust him? Yes. Do you trust him? Yes. Is your life in him? Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus, our trust is in you. Our confidence Is in you. Hallelujah. Lord we do thank you. For wisdom. But not the wisdom of men. That's so important to us. But your wisdom. Which is above all. And you said if any man lack wisdom. That we should ask you. And you would give it to us generously. Without embarrassing us. For not knowing something. Uh Thank you Lord. So we ask you in approaching this next year for wisdom. Godly wisdom. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The kind of wisdom that comes from the Holy Ghost, who lives big on the inside of us. Glory to God, who teaches us things, not in words of man's wisdom, but in words which the Holy Spirit teaches Those unsearchable things. Lord, we look forward to an amazing adventure with you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. We forget those things that are behind. We get rid of the junk and the things that we've been hanging on to. We just go ahead and get rid of it now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah pressing forward to those things which are in front. Thank you Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 And that includes <clears throat> where your physical body is concerned. Things that maybe you have thought even have been in your own, have been your own fault. A lot of times, even where injury has been concerned, sometimes people go, "Well, I injured myself playing sports, or I did this, and when I was a kid, or I did that, and I injured myself, and therefore this is my lot. This I got." No, leave that behind too. Or I was, I was silly about some things, and I brought this on myself. Well, repent, and then go forward. Don't repent and then go, well, I still gotta carry this. No. There are answers for you today and tomorrow. Amen. Too much trying to figure out things. Too much trying to 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 go over it more and more in your mind. How are we gonna how are we going how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna do this? Don't trust, don't put your treasure on earth instead of looking in your mind, look in your spirit for the Holy Spirit to reveal truth for the Holy Spirit to show you things to come hallelujah you can get your mind quiet enough even about your own physical body let the Holy Spirit talk to you gonna lead you right into truth right into healing right into victory glory to God hallelujah hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus somebody's been just kind of just keep on kicking themselves over and over again for, for the habit of smoking just been kicking yourself about it well I, can, I don't deserve even healing for this I don't know I, I, I mean after all I've done this all my life it's been a habit I've just you know and you feel like Until you get something all worked out, that God's not going to deliver your healing. But if you'll just surrender it to Him right now, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Well, I got this covered, I'll get it worked out. Listen, why not take the help of the Holy Spirit? He's so good. He's so good. Just go ahead and take the help from him right now. He'll help you quit. It's not all up to you. Well, why would, why would God help me do that? Oh, he wants to help you do everything. Everything. It's not all on you. Glory to God. Somebody's just been struggling with it. Let it go. Let it go. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. So there are other things too as far as as your body is concerned tonight. I just I get it in my spirit. Been other folks that are uh, you have abused your body to a degree along the way. Different areas. And so you feel like you you got to handle that. You got to take control of that. Well, yeah, you keep your flesh under, but don't do it by yourself. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit, the greater one on the inside of you, help you. Don't take the guilt of that with you. Let it go. Praise God. And let the healing power come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Kevin, you got something there? Praise the Lord. A
1: couple days ago, Annie and I have date night on every morning having our coffee. That's our date night. And uh, so we like having our uh, Jeho- Jehovah Java and uh, <laughs> what's that, uh, Hebrews? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but she says, uh, do you have a word? Uh, did the Lord speak to you the last couple of days? Uh, you know, because I, I, I oftentimes hear from the Lord at 4 o'clock in the morning over the years. It seems to always be 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I did get something, but I didn't tell her. I almost forgot what it was because it wasn't something massively global. Let's up here, Annie. I will. And um, so we were with a pastor in Connecticut not too long ago, and we're sitting there, and every meal we had, he pulled out his notepad, and he was taking notes over every meal of everything we said. And he said, I told my church that during these series of meetings, he says, what we're believing for is that we're going to hear on a higher level than what we've ever have heard before. Does anybody want to hear better than you've heard before? Do you, do you think it would affect your life if you could hear from the Lord better than you did last year? I mean, if you believe that there, there ought to be a spirit of seeing and knowing. You know, I, I love uh, John chapter 14. Around verse 21, 22, 23, it says, Those that love me and keep my commandments, I'll reveal myself to him. I'll manifest myself to him. I'll let myself be clearly seen by him, the Amplified says. Clearly seen by him. So we ought to, if he's showing, we ought to be seeing. If he's speaking, we ought to be hearing. If he's leading, we ought to be following. So he's got many things he wants to say to us, but we, need, we have to hear. You know the verse in the Bible that says, take heed what you hear. See, what you hear is what you see, and what you see, you'll go do. Everyone say, what you hear, what you hear. Is, what you'll see, is what you'll see, and what you see you'll, go do. what you see, you'll go do. So it's important that we're hearing. And so, uh, for two days in a row, I almost called pastor and said, are you, are, is your intercessors working overtime? Because the last two days, I was woken up. <laughs> Four o'clock in the morning, and that scripture just kept staring at me. Take heed what you hear. Are we hearing a lot of different things? Yes, we are. So he said, "Take heed, pay attention on purpose. What are you listening to? Because what you hear is what you see, and what you see, you'll go do. For you see, frasale vendi to curvante." Mm. So right after that then I got a word for you the two of you all for the next phase and it's about paying attention to what you hear gotta be very important in the next phase of what you hear and who you hear it from. Even tonight you said I've, I've got some tremendous people that God has brought who's counseling speaking here's what the Holy Ghost is saying trust what's in here more than what you hear out there because you're going to be given an opportunity because people of great wealth and great means are coming and will continue to go come and as they do It's going to be very easy to start listening and right now we have churches filled with people that are going to churches of the lowest bid you can live that way you can come to church here you don't want to pay tithes you can come to church here and there are people with lots of voices the Holy Ghost is saying again and again and again, trust this voice, this voice. For you see, you and you but now it's even more it will
0: For the things that you've had on the inside of you, if you look back over the last several years, the strongest things that you've moved into have been because of the inner witness in your spirit. Though you've sought the counsel of many people, and though you've sought the counsel of others for safety and and well said, the things that you have moved on are the things that were already in your spirit to begin with. And so, as you go forward, as more people want to give you their advice and want to give you their input, don't forget the most significant things that I have brought you to and through have been the witness in your own spirit first. And so only use those things as possible confirmations. Don't sway and don't turn from the inner witness on the inside. For many things will sound very provocative and very sound and very innovative, but if they're not already in your spirit, don't pay that much attention to them. It's not to dismiss the people and it's not to offend any people. But don't pay attention to those voices that are not me. Stay with revelation. Stay with impartation in your own spirit first. Trust that inner witness as you have in the past. And you'll not go aside from my intention and my plan.
1: Hallelujah. monster fresh fire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we just lift our hands? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Protect. 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 You have great influence. You must protect your testimony before man because you have the ability to influence. You have the ability to lead, but you're going to have to protect the purity. The purity, protect it with all that's within you so that he can continue to trust you. Then you'll see the things that have been Then you'll and you'll So trust the Vrashekite and you'll Yeah,
0: trust that that inner witness again. And don't hide it. Don't hide it or downplay it or water it down, even in the presence of unbelievers. That doesn't mean you have to parade things, but neither does it mean hide the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Give God glory, every opportunity you can. when something you know has come from Him, give Him the glory. Hallelujah. Don't hide it. Don't hide it. That will protect the purity of your testimony.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. First
0: glory to God. How, that goes for all of us. I like what that, I like what He just said. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're so tempted sometimes in the presence of other people to want to downplay and not not go ahead and, you know, exalt the Lord. Well, what will they think? What will they think? Well, they need to think something. They need to be exposed to him. They're exposed to everything else. Amen. And if somebody says, wow, what a great idea. You can go, you know, it came from God. Well, I didn't think of that. God told me. And they'll go, wait a minute. What? God talked to you? See, they don't mind. We talk to God. They just freak out if we say he talks back. But we all know he does. And if not for that, we wouldn't have anything. So, I mean, when there's opportunity, you know God did something. And somebody comments on it, you know, wow, what a great idea. Or, well, this was wonderful. God showed me that. What? Yeah, God did. I'm not that smart. He's just that good. He's just that. And you give God glory like that? Praise God. That keeps your testimony pure. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's good. That's good. I better shut up. We've been here long enough tonight. we got a whole other night. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Pastor.
1: That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website, again, is lofbc.org. And you can always call... We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.